1: Today is Friday, April 8th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 455 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Chris Forsberg is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. All right, everything is coming together. Everything is coming together. It's a new Celtics beat Adam Kaufman. You know that Evan Valenti's back with us. He's back from his vacation. <laughs> and the second he returned, it seemed like things, you know, mm. just started improving for the Celtics again after his, you know, trip totally derailed them and injured Rob Williams. We talked about that last. Whoa, week. he's, he's the blame. He's the he's the reason Chris Forsberg, that other voice
0: that you're here in NBC Sports Boston. How are you, man? Uh, now I'm angry. Yeah, like, he's the culprit. Know you know, I actually was pinning the blame on myself. Uh, I had to, to do sideline for a couple of games. And, uh, I think my, my first game, that Timberwolves game, uh, was the night he got hurt. And, uh, so that <laughs> that blood is on my hands. Uh, it feels only appropriate that I somehow my excitement was just too much for Time Lord's <laughs> meniscus to handle. And, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame of you're off, you're off the hook. Some Sick. sort
1: of alternate timeline like out of <laughs> Doctor Strange was created mm-hmm. just by your your passion, your level of excitement, it just messed up everything.
0: Blew out his knee. Like I mean, literally, like his his meniscus was like, There's an energy in this building that I cannot harness <laughs> and it just it just shredded. Luckily, luckily it was only a minor tier. My I've i kept it in check enough that he is he will be able to return in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, so you're the bad luck guy. I yeah. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're stepping up for that. That's I'm, my I'm, one of my favorite low key scenes of Celtic Pride is when they have the Jazz jerseys on. And they're like, yeah, who have we have been rooting for the entire time? The Celtics. And who hasn't won anything? Oh, yeah. I didn't want to say anything. To you, but we knew you guys were the bad luck guys. Classic."
1: I, I just want to put out because uh, we could go on and on about Celtic pride. Who wouldn't? I mean, something's on, on the shelf here behind me, naturally, but uh, I, I just, look, it's Masters week. So just, just real quick, in, in the wake of the most recent game, golf clap for the Celtics for yeah. the, for the good looking loss in Milwaukee. Just a, a <laughs> just a, a wonderfully, a beautiful performance for those of you. And I'm honestly, I like, I've been tweeting about this. I'm not one of these people, but for the people out there that have been. And they're all over my mentions, you guys as well, I'm sure. They've been so paranoid about seeding and looking for the perfect outcome down the stretch that look, last night was exactly what you wanted. You rest Al Horford, you rest Jason Tatum, the other guys go out there. They, you know, it's a, it's a good confidence builder for some of the reserves. Great game for Peyton, Sam Hauser. Not that his number is probably going to be called in the playoffs, but some of these guys, you know, important minutes, important responsibility, and they fall just short. And in all likelihood avoid the nets in the first round. So it win again, win, win,
0: Uh, you know, I I can't, I can't go the golf clap route for that. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit torn. Part of me says, I understand the benefits of the three seed, but I also think it's kind of foolish to be trying to dodge the the uh, uh, the 25th ranked defense in the NBA and I know <laughs> the Nets have superstar talent and you never want the opposing team especially in round one of the postseason to have the best player on the floor which Kevin Durant would be by his just general status in the NBA but I also think the Celtics kind of roll through that matchup the, the Nets are paper thin they have no defense and you know if Durant steals them a game then maybe it's a gentleman's sweep Uh, maybe Kyrie brings his sage one night and it's a six gamer. (laughs) But um, like, I I just, I don't, I think we shouldn't obsess about that because I think the Celtics with the way they've played over the past 12 weeks now have asserted themselves as the team that everybody else in the NBA should be going, man, we don't want to play them. And if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'd be like, you know, maybe we lose that first game of the play in and slide to the eighth seed because we'd much rather face the heat than the Celtics, the way they're playing. But Um, you know, whatever, like if it ends up being three, it's not the worst spot, as you say, like, especially after you saw what the Celtics did to the Bulls the other night, that's a, a fortuitous first round matchup. The only part I hate is then having to play Milwaukee in round two and not having home court advantage. But as you said, maybe, maybe some of these role players got a little juice going up there and playing well here to close out the regular season.
1: So what you just said about the Nets is it's. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast in recent weeks. Like, I, I've, I've been of the mind kind of like you. Like, you, you play who you're going to play. I think the Celtics shouldn't be afraid of anyone. I think they're capable of beating anyone. I tweeted as much yesterday before that game. But by the same token, to hear you say that you think that they would roll the nets, like, I, I, I think they could beat them. I absolutely think they could beat them. But you've you've got Durant on the other side, you've got Kyrie on the other side, and there's always the revenge narrative with him, obviously. you You have him able to play home games. You don't in all likelihood, and we'll get to this, but you don't in all likelihood have Rob Williams in the first round, and you believe they'd roll Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, you know, Scal got on me about it last night because I said, I think I went full steamroll. And uh, he was like, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't use that word when you talk about Kevin Durant. Has Kevin Durant ever been steamrolled in the playoffs? And I said, you know, that's a great point. Like, I don't know. Maybe like early Oklahoma City when they were all kind of just finding their way, maybe they had a bad playoff series. But certainly when he's been out there, it it gives them a chance every night. But that being said, like their defense is trash. Like like the way the Celtics are playing offense right now, the ball movement, the way they could exploit matchups, he may's Intricate knowledge of the inner workings of the Nets. Sure. Uh, I do not see that series being particularly close. Now, would Durant steal them a game? Of course, and I, I I relent that it could go six, it could go seven, whatever. Um, but I just don't think it would be as close as like people have this this fear that the Celtics would would lose that series, and I I don't know, like nothing about the last twelve weeks should make you feel that way. And I'm all for easing the path, but I'm a whole lot more worried about the Bucks and how you uh, line up with them potentially in round two than I am about whoever you got to go through in round one. Well, at least it's not Toronto. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like y- y- you say that, but like, there's still some scenarios. It's true. So
1: that's true here. Here is actually what it looks like for anyone that hasn't been paying attention. And, and you've been tweeting about this. Everyone's been tweeting about this one game left at Sunday, in Memphis. Some of these dominoes are going to unfold even before that tip off rolls around. But as we sit here right now, Seas uh, have clinched home court, of course, in the first round of the playoffs. They're uh, starting in about a week, so we'll have another show to preview that, whoever the playoff opponent is, before that rolls around. But they can still finish second, third, or fourth in the East, again, right now, as the Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, and of course the Seas, they're all jockeying for seeding. Mark D'Amico, who I think is fairly plugged in, tweeted this, I'm just banking on him being accurate. If the Celts win on Sunday, they can finish no worse than the third seed. If they win on Sunday and Milwaukee loses to either Detroit or Cleveland, Boston gets the two seed. If they lose Sunday and Philly and Milwaukee win out, Boston is the fourth seed. So again, the math, and you you wrote this on Twitter earlier today, Chris, the math obviously favors a Celtics-Bulls first-round matchup, but what are we rooting for? What do we want right now?
0: Yeah, I think that's what you what you want, you know, and again, you're kind of courting the the bucks there in round two. But, you know, if you're making your first round life a little easier, maybe you're just like you're going to have to go through them at some point and maybe something wild happens on the other side of the bracket. Hey, maybe you're sitting here and thinking the Nets are going to push them pretty hard in round one, if that's the two seven matchup and that maybe you'll be able to pounce if you kind of cruise through round one, which based on the other night against the bulls would probably be the likelihood of how that plays out. So you can feel, I think, you know, you can feel pretty good. Like, I, certainly I'll relent that it's the easier path drawing the bulls. I think even Toronto, the problem with Toronto is you bring in all these storylines about who's eligible to go North and it becomes more of a spectacle than it would be. And, and like Siakam's playing better and they're just a frisky team. Uh, that being said, the Celtic center JV squad up there and I almost took a game <laughs> yeah. when the, the, the Raptors really needed it in that stretch. So uh, I feel confident with that matchup. I just—that's why I keep coming back to. I'm not really worried about round one. It's what happens from there. What happens, like, you know, you're getting Rob back. How much of a of a boost does that give you? And like, how does that progress forward? And it, can this team get back to playing the elite level of defense we saw? And where does that? What does that do for you? So, uh, those are my bigger questions than how this all spills out in round one. But I get it. Like. There's just, there, it, in a normal year, we probably aren't thinking about all this, but the play ins added a complication and COVID's added a complication. Uh, but I like Celtics Bulls is probably as, uh, if you rewind the tape as, as much as like probably six weeks ago, I think when they started asking us, who's the ideal playoff team? It's, well, it's the Bulls or Cleveland because the Cleveland doesn't have any experience and can't play offense good enough to, to win a playoff series. And the Bulls are just so exploitable on defense based on uh, their weak links on the court.
2: Yeah, then you have last night, of course, against the Bucks, where the you know Celtics don't have Horford or Rob or Tatum, and they go toe to toe with the Bucks in in Milwaukee. So it's not like this Celtics team can't hang with Milwaukee either. I mean, second really back to become, back too. Yeah, it's all going to come down to health and, and how healthy are the Celtics? If the Celtics are as healthy as they can be. I don't think they should be really afraid of anybody at this point. I I've been so impressed with how they've been able to really fine tune their offense, I mean we all knew that this was going to be a defensive heavy team. Um, they proved that the past couple of months that they are one of the best defensive teams in the league, but the offense has been just spectacular and you go back to and I love listening to 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 Gorman and Scal in the broadcast because Gorman and Scal at times like can't even contain how happy they are <laughs> to watch this team move the ball in offense that Chicago game was just. Wonderful. I mean, it was really something else. I mean, we, we had that Minnesota game was ridiculous. They had a game yeah. against Utah that was like the best start to a game I've ever seen. Like, I w- <laughs> it was insane what they were doing to Utah. So, you know, we get, I think offensively, this team is taking another leap and be able to hang with, you know, Toronto minus four of their starters or to hang with Milwaukee minus three of their starters. It's just really a testament to how well this team is coached up right now, how focused they are and, and how everybody how well everybody understands their role. And I think as we head to a playoff series with the with the Bulls potentially here, I mean, that team just look at my fingers on that one. That's going to be a, a nice, easy way to, to settle into to playoff basketball. But that next round matchup, you know, as long as Boston's healthy, I, I love their chances against anybody, I think just with the way they can they can create offense with both Jalen and Jason on the floor right now. Smart is doing a great job orchestrating everything as the point guard. Pritchard's spacing the floor. Uh, Grant's spacing the floor really well. Derek White's hitting shots. Like we said with Mike the other day, like, is the only thing this team is missing is Derek White hitting shots? And if mm. Derek White hits shots, are they just clearly better than everybody else? I mean, now that he's starting to hit 40 50% of his threes, Chris, this team looks insanely crisp right now.
0: Yeah. And, and I keep telling people that is that the the offensive progression is way more noticeable to me and or way more of a storyline, because that was the one thing, even when they had the number one defense in the league, I said, you're not winning a title with uh, the 20th ranked offense and efficiency. And I thought they'd get better, but I didn't think they'd be the best offense in the NBA since January 23rd, when Smart comes back from COVID and Tatum uh, pushes the launch button on his usual second half. Surge, and so I mean that's huge for this team to be able to play the way they have, and it's it just re- it is really noticeable. And again, I think that's what's what's so magical about this season is everything we thought we knew about the Celtics through January sixth, and like how maddening it had been, and not just this year, but like pretty much the the totality of of two full seasons of 500 basketball. It was like, ugh, they just can't play offense the right way. They don't want to move the ball. They play ISO. You know, they, they, it's never going to come together. And then all of a sudden, like it came together and like credit to EMA for getting them to the buy in credit to the guys for, for not settling and, and sort of figuring it out. Uh, but it, it's been, it's been really magical to watch. And I, I keep telling people, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. The East is better. It's going to, it, it could get crazy. You never see the end coming as quickly as it does. It's abrupt. I know the playoffs take like eight years to play, but it's still like abrupt when it ends. And, uh, but like this has been something like I have never been a part of a season like this. Now, IT years were magical in their own way. I was around at the end of the the 08 title run and, and that was it, it special in its own way. But this is like so unexpected that I hope people take a moment to be like, Hey, this is really fun. Like, let's enjoy this. You, you know, th- even the losses are good right now, which is just <laughs> never, never happens. So uh, take a minute. Uh, I, I keep thinking of, of, of Ferris Bueller and, you know, when Matthew Broderick says uh, li- li- like can move pretty fast, if you don't, you know, slow down and, and, and take a look around once in a while, you might miss it. And I'd hate for the last 41 games to just sort of be an afterthought because we're all heightened expectations now. So let me put a couple numbers
1: out there uh, and and you're well aware of this, Chris. I saw you put this on Twitter yesterday. I think it was the Celtics or a couple of days ago when they won their 50th game, the Celtics were 18 and 21. They were uh, 11th in the Eastern conference, you know, fast forward a few months, obviously they jump up to uh, now a possibly a 51 win season. Second in the East could happen, obviously, whether you want third or not, they could finish in second in the East. It's their, their best regular season. Anyway, since, uh, you know, going back to the 2017-18 season, which was a, a year of, of, of sort of magical uh, unrealized or Kyrie, or un- Kyrie un- honeymoon, moments. yeah, yeah. Well, and Kyrie goes down, he gets hurt, Hayward goes down, and then it's the young guys, it's the Jays carrying them into a playoff run where they finish within minutes of beating LeBron in game seven of the conference finals. Very nearly, you know, reached the NBA finals to, to play Golden State, a team that you know many people will still say to this day they think the Celtics would have won that series because of how Boston matched up with Golden State. You know, it's, people want to believe it. People, That's I'm not saying day. I believe it, or you believe it, or Evan believes it, but people out there, they've talked themselves into you know what that season obviously could have been but we're, we're sitting here you know you outline the turnaround over a few months uh your colleague and, and a, a friend of this pod as well Abby Chin she put out courtesy of Dick Light the other day that uh 17 blowouts of 20 plus mm. points this season that's the most since that 0708 campaign as we all know Celtics won a championship and I it's I don't want to be that guy, Chris. There's already another Adam on the Boston airwaves that is that guy. But I feel like after the conversation we've had for the last 10, 15 minutes, I have to at least ask. I mean, we're sitting here ready to fire up the duck boats and and let's have a parade, you know, through through Boston and everything. What's missing? You know, what can derail this? What can make this go wrong? You know, and, and you know, d- despite all of us believing the ceiling is so high, even without Rob back yet.
0: Yeah, so I think a couple things. One, the East is really good. Like it's weird to sit here and say that the Celtics won't have the best player on the court in a a handful of matchups, even though they have Jason Tatum, who might just be close to a top five player now. But when you have to go through Embiid and possibly Durant and um, obviously Giannis, like it's just tough. So I think that adds a complication to everything. The Bucks have been there and done it. You know that experience matters. Like Tatum and Brown have gotten experience, but this core. You know, still still hasn't quite been as 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 a whole been through it. So that that sort of matters. Um, I worry about a crunch time offense, you know. Not not so much last night because you don't have your horses. Like it's different if you had Jason Tatum out there in the final minutes. But, you know, just in general, they haven't played a lot of close games and every game in the playoffs sort of feels like it's close. So, you know, you know Giannis is gonna be good in those moments. Will Tatum and and Brown rise to that challenge? I'm I'm optimistic based on what we've seen, but no, it hasn't happened often enough. When the in the handful of crunch time games they played, Ime um, is a first time coach. You know that that matters. Like it, hate him as much as you want when he's stomping up and down the sideline and and making crazy expressions. But like Nick Nurse has won a title and has junked up games with zone defenses, and 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 that matters. Folster has been there. Um, I think Ime is it gets a huge chunk of why they're so good this year, but got to prove it on the playoff stage you know, his first time as the the head guy dipping his toe in there, you know, is he ready to make adjustments as quick as he's going to have to and, and all those little things. So there's like all that factors into it. Health, like heaven forbid they, the Celtics have to go through something else. Um, you know, they're just, they're not buried deep uh, as good as we can uh, love it. When Hauser comes off the bench, hmm. you know, you don't want to be leaning on him for 25 minutes a night in a, in a playoff game and Neesmith hasn't been ready for that challenge yet. And so, um, there's little things that could could complicate the the, the path, but ultimately I, I re- resolve back to this: like what we've seen the last 12 weeks, the Celtics are a championship contender. And I, I, I again, because I'm trying to savor the experience, I don't get too obsessed about like where it ends. You know, I'm just gonna try to try to enjoy it and see where it goes. And if they get to the East Finals or into the Finals, like that's amazing. Um, but you know that they're even there is just absurd on its own. So, um, just uh, it's just. As my dog is fired up about it too so really excited uh, so we'll we'll see where it goes and uh hopefully hopefully I just want you know it, it's it's lame because like I, you know there's that 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 meme where the, the girl's like you know I just hope both teams have fun but <laughs> I like I, re- I really do hope that the Celtics just go out there and and uh and 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 make this interesting because I couldn't I couldn't have envisioned this uh 90 days ago
1: so the Celtics are plus seven twenty five favorites on uh, Bet Online to win the championship. You can tell your dog, you know, Clue obviously the Pooch. In he just went to
0: online. bet, like I, I, he <laughs> he took my phone he's always (laughs) betting that dog
1: yeah it's it's unbelievable what what the animals can do with technology these days well let them know bet online you probably already know it's the number one source for your betting needs and sports information nods for all the latest sports developments including of course this week's odds for the master's championship which has a couple rounds to go after today The start to major league baseball jump in futures bets teams players whatever it is title odds in the nba the Suns are the favorites no shock there Plus 275, uh, the bucks plus 575. I mentioned the seas. I think we can rejoice at the fact the Lakers aren't even in the conversation. They have been <laughs> eliminated. No play in tournament for them. If we have time before we get out of here, we'll touch on that, but bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including, of course, live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It is super easy to get you started to join up today. Just, uh, learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your popular sports and games. Bet online. It is where the game
0: starts we've talked I, about i this just talked I, I just yeah. talked to my dog he bet he bet on uh my my dog's name is kemba by the way which oh, is perfect. ironic because based on uh, on him being traded away but uh <laughs> he, he also has bad knees so did, did, did uh, he arrive but, when kemba got here or does this
1: go back to like the yukon uh you
0: know he uh my, my dog we got him in the pan, right at the start of the pandemic uh 20 may 2020 and okay. um he had a green collar, and my kids were adamant that he had to have a Celtics name, despite my uh, somewhat uneasiness with naming a pet after a, a team I cover. Sure. But uh, m- my journalism integrity takes hits every day as I support Rob Williams to, uh, endlessly. So uh, I don't really get too worked up about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, there uh, you go. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they vetoed Barker Smart, and um, <laughs> yeah, I don't will never I – I like never let them live that down so
1: um, a little long like it, it it would take you know you say
0: unless you just bark it, it, yeah weird really? to, weird to tell your dog to bark so yeah, like, um yeah, mark is smart come here yeah. you know it was. Just, it, it'd be a middle name for a while on the cobra for sure mm. oh but, but anyway so the dog stole my phone he bet on tiger uh, I don't need to know the odds so that i can get excited about that and dustin johnson is the backup but i'm not gonna turn this into a, <laughs> a master's pod
1: yeah, I uh it. because then I'd have to sit here and eviscerate Gary Woodland for what he has done to my DFS lineups today. And that <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't be fun for me. Uh mm-hmm. what about uh what about your guy? You are the uh well-renowned uh mm-hmm. Rob Williams uh fan club president. Are are we everything that we hear from Eme from I think some of the players have weighed in from time to time. Obviously, Brad Stevens on the radio this morning. Everyone is is super positive about where Rob is in his uh progression in his rehab from surgery after repairing that torn meniscus already back working out, in good spirits. He's walking around like
0: nothing's bothering him. When do you think we'll see him on the court? So here my thing has been he will be ready for basketball based on everything I've heard and been told and like, you know, can gather uh, three weeks from the injury. And so now they set a four to six week timeline for him. I think what that does is like three weeks, he's kind of ready and then you just ramping him up and okay. How does he feel right there at that? Probably end of that third week, you know, where are you? Are you in a game six or a game seven? Are you confident that Rob can help you even in a smaller dose at that point? And so they'll cross that bridge when they get there. Now, if they roll in the first round, it makes it easier. You're probably going to get four weeks until the start of the next round, depending on how quickly these first round series go. So, um, but I mean, the, the fact that everyone that I've talked to has sort of put it at the front of that timeline and not the back of it is really optimistic. Again, the fact that like less than 24 hours after surgery, he was in the facility and just, you know, getting that, starting to get the, the, the getting some flexibility in there. Um, shows up at his press conference a couple of days later, clutching a basketball as if he's just like, has no, no idea what to do with his hands otherwise. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really bullish on the fact that if, if needed, he, he might be able to be, I mean, the guy played a playoff game against the the Nets last year on nine toes. I know everyone likes to kind of question his toughness and all that, and I can't get inside that body and tell you like what his knees must feel like considering how athletic and explosive he is. But um, I know the dude wants to play and it was probably tough just to even cross that bridge. Like you heard him say in his press conference that when he, when he tore it and it, you know, he doesn't know at that point what's going on, but he's, he's scared almost because he doesn't want to go find out. Like he doesn't want that bad news after the year he's had. So uh, Rob will be out there when needed. And uh if the Celtics gets around two, he's going to be needed. So uh, I, I I have full confidence I, you know, the other thing I'll say is like, I was really worried like, because I I'm not a doctor and I don't know like you tear your meniscus. Are you, Are you the same explosive kind of player? And everyone has told me, like, don't worry about that. Like, he'll be able to do Rob things. Like, then he shouldn't have fear of it. It's just a matter. Of, it's like it's just a little bit of of pain tolerance, you know? That knee, like, they took a little piece out, and that's weird for your knee. And you got to get used to it. And there's not as much cushioning in there now. And so it's just a matter of like how he's feeling. But um, I'm pretty bullish that he is going to be uh, vintage Rob once he's ready to go.
2: Yeah, and- with Victor's Rob too, they're they're just a whole different animal. I mean, so he unlocks a lot of what they do mm-hmm. on both ends. I mean, the passing is big as ridiculous, as cleaning up on the offensive rebounding of things is unbelievable. And it's something that they've clearly missed. A guy that can finish defensive possessions either with a block, a steal, a rebound. I mean, they definitely they've been able to I've been impressed with how they've they've fared without him. Um you know offensive like, Yeah. I mean yes. Tice has been and I, and, I, and this is I was actually really mad about this when people were like, why would they get Daniel Tice? And I'm like do like, you understand that the improvement of backup minutes going from Cantor to Tice is like is an insane, insane number? I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of confidence I have in the fact that the offense and defense can function as a whole with Daniel Tice there versus, you know, Ines Cantor is unbelievable. They've needed uh, the Tice trade. It's been wonderful to have him back. He had, what, 23 last night? He had his, what, career high? Uh, it's just – it's the familiarity with him and the offense and the players – it's, it's really smart. Everything they've done this year from a team building standpoint has been really smart. They've had good development from guys and this has just been well put together. But Rob's, Rob's the big key here. And if they, if they have a healthy Rob Williams, they're a legit title favorite. If they don't have Rob, things are a little bit harder. But if they have Rob, uh, in, you know, with certain guys, whether it's Giannis or Bam, those those guys that are bigs that just give Boston hell, and Bam gives mm-hmm. everybody hell, and Giannis gives everybody hell. But having Rob as a guy who floats and can help out on weak side blocks um, and can take on guards in the perimeter, like it just makes life a lot easier for you. And I'm trying very hard not to get too excited about everything. Um, I'm trying to temper my expectations. But every quote you see and everything you hear, including what you just said, Forisberg, like, I don't know. I expect him to kind of be back – Way earlier than and, and way more effective than than I would when it, when it originally happened. Again, you know, I was on vacation. I had both Greeny and Kaufman roasting me as I sit on the beach and and not care at all. Um, but uh, it was a little little tough to get through. My girlfriend thought it was hilarious. Um, but from since that, you know, we've had some clarity on the injury itself and all. the It's just been good news after good news after good news, and especially on a team where we've had nothing but bad news for, for like three four years. It's just I'm still a little uneasy. I'm still a little gunshot, Chris. So I appreciate you no, no, carry the torch.
0: Completely understandable. Uh you were saying how like some some centers give us trouble without Rob. Um Dwayne Dedman looked like an all-star going against the the Celtics back line when they didn't have Rob there. So I, I agree. Like the one number I always go back to is the Celtics with their five, you know, the, the infinity stones out there have a <laughs> defensive rating of ninety-seven. And without Rob, it jumps to like 116. It's just like an insane jump. And and, and and again, I can make a really great case for why Rob should be in that defensive player of the year conversation, why he should be all defense. Like easier than I can because there's more metrics that I can point to than with Marcus Smart. All that being said, like it's just they need everybody healthy to have the, the most success. And that's why, you know, I, I, I keep going back to Grant's Marvel Comics uh, universe there because like it, that's what they need if, if everyone's healthy they have a chance if they don't it gets decidedly more complicated but you know outside of maybe tatum no one is more important to this than than rob and so uh really hope he can get out there and and, and just you know do the stuff I, again i hadn't been sidelined a lot and i hadn't been courtside i've been i've been in a studio for a lot of the last two years that minnesota game the first three quarters before rob got hurt like I would never like not having not having seen the Celtics up close like that. I was like, Oh my God, like, this is insane. This is not the Celtics team that I last saw. And I'd been there in January for like a Pacers game. It like wasn't even close. Uh, if, when, if all those guys are healthy, they're, they're as, they're as good as they've, they've looked over these past 12 weeks. I want to mention
1: this just before we get out of here. And we
0: won't have a long conversation about
1: it because it's, I don't think it'll be relevant quite frankly in the playoffs because these teams, you know, they won't be back-to-backs and all of that. And you know, I think there will be more of a, a preservation of of health. But what do you attribute to? I'm trying to think of the right way to ask it. What do you attribute to the fact that, like, it drives me crazy the fact that it, it seems like Ime the, the sort of the only lingering Ime complaint I have right now
0: playing guys too long.
1: Oh, just <laughs> I, it, it's like he it it's and I don't think this is true, but it's like he views his bench like the three of us are on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just you it know he there'll be it'll be. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're up 26 points and he's got his starting five out there. Like, let's go. Let's like God, God forbid in that situation, you know, Jalen goes down awkwardly when he doesn't need to be out there in the first place. And it's just they're fortunately they've avoided anything, obviously. But, you know, there have been so many instances of this during this run in the second half of the year. It drives me up a wall.
0: So I, the, the couple things I would say is, is I agree. There, there, there are instances where I think he's shy. There was that one game early in the year. Portland, was it like somebody like had a, a crazy comeback again and they had put, to your put all the starters back
1: in? Put no, back I know.
0: I, I, yeah. But like, I think he hates that more than actually having to like scold the bench. Like it, it, it's, it's annoying to have to get those guys like the downshift and then you have to throw them back out there. Uh, I think the other thing is I think these guys want to play. Like I, I honestly think, you know, there's been instances where and Jalen, you know, said it's not true, but you know, there have been times where he's gone back in with like 28 points and five minutes to play. And I'm like, that's weird. And then he gets 30 and all of a sudden he's back on the bench. Like that thing does matter to guys and whether they should care about it or not, you know, Ime is at least aware of it. And that's part of the reason he's a sort of a player's coach. He might push you hard, but he also understands that if you can get your games played incentive or if you can get uh, to a certain benchmark of, of points in a game, he'll, he'll let you go do it. And I like I, that there's a balance there for me. Like I'm okay. If the players just wants to play, like guys want to play, play. And like, I think the one of the greatest things about Jason Tatum and why he should be in the conversation for a, more awards than, you know, even people are giving him credit for is the fact that he's available all the damn time, except mm-hmm. when he has COVID and that matters. Um, and that, so I'm cool with it. I like when Rondo was assist chasing, that whole double digit assist streak drove right. me nuts because it was so nothing, you know, but um things like guys wanting to go back in and finish off a game and like hey, if the players on board with it. But yeah, I mean, there are times I, I, now I say that, but if Rob came back, I'd be like put him in bubble wrap from 12 minutes on the clock if you have to and you're up if you're up 15. <laughs> so, yeah. uh it's it's a balance, but you know, he may should trust those bench guys. Like Hauser's perfectly fine. He's going to go shoot some rainbows to the moon and and knock it down and Richard uh, I, White, Grant, like, you know, these these guys, they can carry in a fourth quarter with 8 minutes left and you're up 20 something points. I'm okay with that. Maybe they'll get a chance to do it on Sunday, depending on what you need to happen to come out of, uh, to, to get your preferred seating in the Eastern conference. Yeah.
1: I mean, Lord knows who's even going to play in that game, obviously, because like E. may said, Memphis is already locked into its spot too, but we'll, uh, We'll find out soon enough. This show powered by our friends at BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a fifty percent sign-up bonus. The next time we have one of these shows next week, it'll be a playoff preview. We'll look ahead beyond the play-in tournament, hopefully, and see who's coming up next for uh, for the for the C Should be a good time and and hopefully uh, end on a high note. Get to that fifty-one win season. We can just. Go, go in all, all, all positive and giddy and happy
0: and green rimmed glasses and all that stuff, guys. If you, if you're not watching the YouTube video, like, uh, Evan just hit the, the, the flex that Keon Dueling and Marquise Daniels used to do whenever <laughs> there was like the Celtics were, were cruising back in the day. So yeah. someone's, someone's fired up for the playoffs. need you know,
2: when- necklace though. <laughs> that was legendary. When, when
1: I think of successful Celtics era, I think Keon Dueling. <laughs> All right, Evan back with us. Chris Forsberg, always a pleasure to have you, my friend. Watch him on NBC Sports Boston. Read his stuff as well. You may see him in studio, on the sideline. He could be anywhere. We're just trying to Literally. keep up with him. I'm Adam Kaufman. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.